Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hello and welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today I have a really special interview lined up for you. We are going to be talking about cervical orgasms. Yes, who doesn't like to talk about orgasms? We're actually kind of finishing up what we started back in January. We started talking about cervical health because January is Cervical Health Month, and one of the things that I do is I help women who have been adversely affected by the human papillomavirus. So during the episodes um, earlier, starting with episode 21, we basically discussed HPV, what it is, how you get it, what to do if you get it. We shared a few stories um, from women who have addressed HPV naturally and have had good results. And we also brought in a representative from a lab that is offering HPV testing for both men and women because normally only women can be tested for HPV and we get tested during our pap smear. And that's only if there's a problem or we actually ask to be tested. So if you happen to go to a clinic to get tested with like say a new partner and you go to your doctor and you say that you want to be tested for all the different sexually transmitted diseases and so you get all the tests done and everything's good and then the next thing you know when you go in for your follow-up pap smear you're getting a positive test for the human papillomavirus and your doctor is telling you that this is a sexually transmitted disease and how how did this happen because you both just got done testing and we're clear right well what they didn't tell you is that there is no test for men So chances are really good that your male partner wasn't even tested for HPV in the first place. And if you weren't given a pap smear in the process of getting your STD testing done, then you weren't tested either. And so this particular virus is a very, very common virus. It's very prevalent. Most people will actually get it. It's kind of like the common cold of sexually transmitted infections. So it's on one hand, not that big of a deal. On the other hand, it can cause problems when it persists in the body. So these uh, three episodes that were back in January, starting with episode 21, go through all that material and give people some resources and, you know, lots of education about what you can do. And so today I wanted to bring it full circle because, you know, the other episodes were kind of medicinal, um, you know, dealing with problems, the sort of things, whereas the cervix is actually this really beautiful, wonderful thing. It's the passage through which the baby must traverse in order to be birthed into the world. So this cervix is this, this kind of magical, mystical thing, which we can actually access through the vagina. It is the lower portion of the uterus, and apparently it is also a source of pleasure. So let me introduce to you Olivia Bryant. She is the founder of Self Cervix, a global movement to heal and awaken the cervix to its orgasmic potential. 
Self-cervix has been featured in the global media, researched by Hamburg Medical School, and has had thousands of women go through the program since it began four and a half years ago. Olivia has been doing just incredible, amazing work in the world, and I'm really grateful that she took some time out today to spend with us and talk to us a little bit about some of these things. So welcome, Olivia. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started working with cervixes? Yes. Uh, Yeah, good question. I actually... Uh, it's amazing because sometimes I feel like the work picked me, like the cervix just like chose me and clung to me because it was mm-hmm. interesting. I was working in sort of sexology and sex coaching and I was helping a lot of people, but I was feeling really discouraged by the mission um, because I just saw this mountain of pain <laughs> that had to be kind of transformed in the world world of sexuality. And I remember at the time I was also going through a bad breakup and Oh, I was having such difficulty with my own sexuality at that point and I sort of kind of felt defeated and I just was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to change profession. <laughs> and I moved to Bali and I was just like considering what my next move was going to be. And because I was in so much pain, like physical pain after, after this traumatic breakup, I did go and have a bodywork session, a more sexually oriented bodywork session, so with internal work and um, just to see if I could try to like release some of the holding that, w- that I was feeling in my, in my pelvis. And the body worker alerted me to my cervix and was working with my cervix and I couldn't feel a thing. And I knew that through my research that the cervix is this, you know, in, in the Eastern thought uh, and the more sacred spiritual traditions around sexuality, the cervix has been known as this, you know, catalyzer of incredible transcendent orgasm, like a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. So here I was with a numb cervix and I thought, you know, because of my education, I was, I I thought, wow, that's so disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing. And at that point in my like own sexual journey, I was really only having clitoral orgasms and I was pretty like dependent on a vibrator as my way in. And the sexological model, it's very, it's very um, you know, it, it says, however you can reach pleasure, it's good. It's good. That's fine, whatever you need. So mm-hmm. I felt fine with that at that point in my life. But it was curious for me to, to discover that I had this numbness inside of myself. And so this led me on a journey of trying to discover how to unnumb myself and to try to feel at the cervix and to try to, uh, yeah, to, I guess, create, a, a, to feel more in my body. And so I went away and I started stimulating my own cervix. And because it was so boring, because it was so numb, like I didn't feel anything and it certainly wasn't my regular pathway to pleasure and orgasm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like boring. It's kind of like the difference between, you know, so, you know, someone, someone stroking, someone stroking your face and you stroking your face. It's just, it's just, it's just, it just eventually it just, you don't, yeah, it just doesn't have the same effect on me, you know? So I was just like lost my impetus. And I realized after five or six days that I'd stopped, I'd stopped doing it. And I, I'd just totally forgotten because I, it was so like lacking in impact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I started a Facebook group and I ran an event and I ran an event for anybody else who wanted to stimulate their services with me, basically to support me. <laughs> uh-huh. I remember actually when you started that. I do. Uh-huh. 
too. Wow, I didn't realize you've been around that long. Um, yes. And it was crazy then, Robin. You will know that, like, you know, we had like 1,200 women enter into the, that group within like a two-day period and I just freaked out and I shut the doors of the group and it was like, okay, that's it. We can't do any more. And I was working with a, another woman at that point and we were just like, oh, my goodness, we know nothing about the cervix. What are we going to do? It was like mm-hmm. all eyes on, on, on us, basically. Sure. Like, uh-huh. and, then, um, and then so started over time talking to as many people as I could about the cervix and realizing that not a lot of people knew a lot. Uh, we had midwives that, that had a lot of birthing knowledge. Um, the science was very, very limited. There was only one scientist whose work was very accurate uh, or his theories have been uh, undisputed so far, Dr. Barry Komisarek, who I ended up basing the work on. And his work uh, basically said that the cervix is innervated by three sets of paired nerves. And that makes it the most, uh, the organ with the most connections um, to the brain than any other, other uh, part of our sexual pelvic anatomy. So that's pretty extraordinary. Mm. Um, I also talked to tantric practitioners and you know, trauma healers and a whole bunch of sort of a range of people to try to understand and unlock the mysteries of this place because Really, you know, there's been a lot of yoni work and vaginal work and clitoral work and womb work, um, and the cervix is part of the womb, but nobody's really had focused on the cervix, which, you know, as, as you may have felt in your own body, if you have your cervix still, that the cervix can bear the brunt of a lot of punishment, <laughs> like, you know, during sex that, um, you know, uh, could be premature penetration when the cervix is still low in the body and it's, it hasn't aroused, there's no arousal and it hasn't moved out of the way, so it gets a bit of a punch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to medical procedures, uh, cervical um, screenings, uh, biopsies, uh, let's le- leap procedures, uh, you know, not to mention other abusive trauma that can affect the, the cervix. So it is this incredible portal in the body that holds our sexual story mm-hmm. as, 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 as women, I'll just say people who have cervixes, it holds our story because um, it holds the, the emotions that store in there. We've done a lot of work around how the cells store emotional memory, which I believe is one of the causes of cervical dysplasia. There's, you know, the grief that we carry in our pelvises about our collective journey. And so because the cervix holds so much, there is such a beautiful opportunity for healing there. And so part of the journey of self-cervix is healing the cervix, uh, which actually involves healing a lot of the self. Um, It's kind of like a mirror organ of of Mm -hmm. how we have crossed our own boundaries, allowed others to cross ours, our boundaries, or it's just happened in life. Um, and so part of it is healing and then part of it is awakening it to the potential, um, that it is the, this, the potential of these divine orgasmic experiences that can be pretty otherworldly. Um, so it's, a, it's this journey. So we call, it, we call them journeys. Um, and I'm, I could just keep on talking. So if you have a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, it's really fascinating. And, and I was just thinking, you know, it's like, 
I've had some women, you know, tell me that, or there's a belief that, um, that the cervix is actually very sensitive. And, you know, sometimes when it's bumped during sex and can be painful. And then other things that I'm thinking about, it's like, oh, well, the A spot, you know, which is up past the cervix, you know, like, clearly cervical orgasms are different than A spot orgasms. And so, yeah, I mean, just there's like lots of thoughts that are floating through my mind just listening to you mm-hmm. tell the stories and also you know I've had previous experience myself with cervical dysplasia and felt like mm-hmm. it was the canary in the coal mine kind of thing you know like when things are out of balance you know because I was positive for HPV it helped to create an environment where you know my cervix was reflecting you know it's unhappiness mm-hmm. and yeah. sure these things often come after a period of emotional stress Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely did for me, and I noticed that seems to be a pattern. Um, yeah, and you know, there's there's just this kind of an expectation, and also a myth and a narrative that oh yeah, if you bump the cervix, it's going to be painful. But nobody actually goes, well, why, and what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And you know, so for example, uh, sometimes the cervix, if you bump it. Um, and it's painful, it could be that you have uh, allowed entry into your body before you're properly ready. And this is a very easy mistake to make because lubrication doesn't necessarily mean readiness. Um, and we can fall into our pleaser trait as, uh, and we can want to be this available, open, ready lover um, because, you know, I know particularly for myself partnering with men as a heterosexual woman, their arousal pattern is much faster and I want to be there for them. Uh, I able to be this kind of available open woman and meet them. And, you know, that, that was my old way of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that definitely caused, you know, that wasn't serving, that wasn't serving my, my, my body. And certainly that would hurt. And then there's another thing where it's like, yeah, there's pain at the cervix, not because it's meant to be painful, but because it's carrying, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, I think of it as like an animal. If this has been an animal, a small animal has been hurt is in pain. It's going to tell you Mm -hmm. by barking back at you, you know, or Mm -hmm. more like essentially running away, which we could say numbing out. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Suddenly not there. So Mm -hmm. you, punch your arm enough, it's going to be signaling back, ow, that hurts, that hurts, stop it, stop Mm -hmm. something. Or it's going to eventually go, okay, no one's listening and I'm numbing out to protect myself. And so we get, we get uh, within all, all over our body actually, but we're just specifically talking about the cervix, what we would call armoring, vaginal and cervical armoring to, to, it's like the body's protective mechanism. If there's a sense of fear or of an expectation of pain, you're going to clench just even just the subtlest amount. Um, you're going to cause, um, you, you know, you're going to cause a, uh, the tissue to, to raise and pr- essentially protect you, protect, but cause a, a, a kind of a, a, let's say a lumpy mass of tissue between the, between the, the, the organ and the, the thing coming in. So it's like finding protective mechanisms. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Pain and the numbness is, is an indication that there's been some protection going on, that your nervous system um, has, has, has found ways to indicate to you that there needs to be a shift or change in behavior. 
And, and that is where the, the amazing kind of self-development work of this piece, this piece comes in because suddenly it's not just about sex anymore. It's about learning as, as women. And I'm just going to shortcut to women. So if you are a person with a cervix and you don't identify with that word, uh, please translate to suit you. But for the purposes of this talk, I'm just going to say women, but I include you all with cervixes. So, yeah, so it's this personal growth journey, whereas women, we have to start, uh, like, actually being able to find our voice and feel comfortable and develop the self-worth and the self-love and the self-respect to know that I have a right to my needs to be met and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I my, my voice is welcome. My needs are great and okay. My desires are beautiful. My boundaries are loving. And, you know, we don't have to turn into these sort of entitled, the entitlement shadow. It's, it's more like we, 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 we approach ourselves and therefore others with, with, with love and care. And we can be firm with it and if, if we feel that we, we start to um, unhook from codependent patterns where we're getting ourselves into unhealthy situations, pleasing others, overgiving. It's really interesting where we start to look at why have I needed to protect myself? Hmm. Okay. Well, let's I- take a quick commercial break and come back and talk about why we need to protect ourselves. I can't wait to hear about that more. So we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. So, Olivia, tell us. Tell us more. Yeah. Ah, well, I mean, just continuing from what we were saying, like, um, I, I do think it's that we have, um, we have not, we are now getting to the place where we're developing more tools and more self-awareness around this 
where we're starting to become aware of our patterns and habits and start to take responsibility for what, uh, who we're allowing into our body, what pace they're coming into our body at, what it is that we need in order to feel open and available. We're starting to develop and have a little bit more consciousness around this rather than just, you know, when we learn about sex, first of all, we don't learn about the cervix. We just kind of might have models like that. We might um, read about it or we might have the porn model as a way that sex is supposed to go. Um, you know, especially when you're young, you might not have started to, to even understand what, what orgasm is or what you want to feel. You might have no confidence or even no insight around it. And, you know, the other thing about this piece is that from early childhood, from babies, from when we are born, we are touched against our will. And so it gets stuck in our nervous systems that, we, that going along with, with touch is just how it is. And so we start to become aware that we've been going along with touch our whole life. And now we get to have a choice. And so once we, once we, we no longer have to protect ourselves from going along with things that we don't want, mm-hmm. you know, or, or sliding into patterns where we avoid receiving in order to give because we don't have the self-worth or we don't have the courage or we've been slut-shamed or whatever it is. Right. When we don't have to protect ourselves, we, we start to become empowered. That's when things start to change. So it's this, it's this holistic journey towards sexual healing that the cervix offers. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, self-cervix is such a good name because it's just as much about the self. So it's so true. I mean, as babies, we often are touched against our will and encouraged to, you know, go hug grandma and this kind of thing. And I think, you know, for women a lot of us like that translates over into wanting to please a partner. And a lot of us will go along with things that we're not really um, all that into just for, you know, to make someone happy or to um, please somebody. And can you talk a little bit about how like, that causes us to like tense up and protect ourselves yeah. and, you know, do that armoring thing that you were just talking about. Yeah. Well, there's varying degrees of this. Sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, from just having a really terrible sexual experience that you kind of just go, okay, this is going to be over in like, you know, two minutes. I'm just going to like, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to like tolerate it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to like upset the status quo. I'm just going to go with it. Or you might be married, you know, have been in a long relationship. You might have very like, like grooved in sexual patterns. You know, there's also other dynamics going on in the relationship. So to keep the peace, you don't want to like, you know, say anything you also, there's sometimes a shyness that can develop when we've been in long relationships. We're so used to each other being in one way that mm. to change it can feel threatening or it can feel like awkward. Sure. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, so, so we end up, you know, even in the most loving relationships going along with, with touch. And I just want to also say to the mums out there, like, you cannot, like, this is, this can't be helped. Like, you've got to change the nappies. You've got to do, this is part of it. It's part of our human experience. We can't right. come into this world without these, you know, we, we, we're going to have stuff that we're dealing with. It's unavoidable and that's okay. It's really okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 
So it just is interesting at a nervous system level that this is something we can also unwind and look at as we become self-responsible adults. Like, am I, am I numbing out slightly just to bear this? Um, is there something that I'm not speaking that could make this a more pleasurable experience? Am I trying to protect my partner's ego from, you know, feeling like they're not good enough? What's going on in here in this, in this situation that's meaning that um, I'm not quite able to let go into deep states of pleasure? So your nervous system is extremely intelligent. And one of the nerves that connects to the cervix is the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is always, there's a, there's a process called neuroception. And neuroception means that, that you're always scanning your outer environment and your inner environment for signs of danger. And it's a very sensitive system. It could be like scanning the face, scanning the eyes, listening to the tone of voice, like feeling into the, you know, it's really sensitive to when someone else is not quite present or not quite enjoying it, um, or it could be completely made up from the past experience. So neuroception can be a little off, but the, but the point being is it, if there is a, a kind of an unspoken dynamic or needs being unmet or requests not being made or boundaries not being set, where there is a sense of unsafety at all, just a little bit, mm -hmm. the system's going to pick it up. And for us to go into these beautiful pleasure states, you know, and your system's going to pick it up and there might be a little bit of, just a little bit of tension that happens even unconsciously. And this unconscious tension that happens a lot, like often while I'm just sitting at the computer, I'm holding my pelvic floor up. Like is, you know, we're, we're, we're living in a world where we can't just be completely, we've got to have a little bit of armoring that's very normal in order to like, you know, function in the world. We can't just be completely open and receptive to everything. And we want to be able to have the skills and the tools to create the conditions for each other in which we can release and let go and deeply relax into pleasure. Um, because that is where we need to go for any deep, deep orgasmic experience. Mm -hmm. And cervical one being this pinnacle experience and there are many other deep orgasmic experiences that require the system to be able to shift into a, a deep uh, it's kind of a parasympathetic nervous system state so it's very different from like horny porn model sex which is you know like <laughs> like it's very hot and horny and like you know mm -hmm. sympathetic very nervous system, arousal fast paced right very shallow <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I also like you know not you know I have had a lot of fun in those states and, sure. and like I'm I I really try because I've been on I've been the woman listening to an interview like this who's felt deeply inadequate and so I want to say to that person no matter what you're doing in your sexual experience if you're loving it just keep loving it and all you want to do is just be listening and noticing what could what. What do I want to feel next? And, and then if there's something else that you want to feel, maybe there's some patterns or some things that you want to start to shift. But I do believe that there's like a, there's like an, there's like a journey that we go through. And, um, and, and, I, and I want to honor that we have animal bodies as well that, that, that will kick into like the procreative baby making. Like, yeah, like that is a very normal part of our human sexual expression. Um, and so... 
uh, for me, it just became that I wanted to, I wanted to go deep and I felt like I, I didn't really know until I started working with the cervix that to be honest, my cervical orgasm has occurred in very quiet, slow and still uh, experiences where my partner would just be holding still inside of me after quite some time of being together and creating, having the safety, dropping deeply into, into it. It was stillness and slowness that allowed me to drop into these, that allowed my sense, that allowed me to drop in because here's what happens when you start to essentially uh, train yourself or like um, do, do your inner gardening, I guess, like you start to, to create the space in which this can occur internally. Mm-hmm. You start to become very sensitive you start to become very sensitive on a neurological level and you start to become very sensitive through the skin. And so if you have a lot of stimulation, you simply can't uh, feel. There's a part of you that starts to numb off again because Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, there's too much going on. And then you can't feel the nuances and the subtlety Mm -hmm. and the the tiny little uh, like waves of pleasure that can begin to open up. So there's a little bit of a journey and a process because at first the stillness can be, like I said at the beginning of the interview, quite boring until you've developed your your mindfulness, your sensitivity, um, and then it starts to open up worlds. Mm. Yeah, That sounds exciting. So let's let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, can we talk about how to get a cervical orgasm? Sure. <laughs> how, can, how can we have one? <laughs> how do you get one? <laughs> I'm going to go to the store and get one. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission? a sense of purpose. Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So, Olivia, can you tell us how someone might achieve a cervical orgasm? Like, do you have to, like, break through the numbness and stuff first before you can get there? I don't necessarily think you need to break through all the numbness. I, I, I do think that you need to be able to become very receptive um, and that's through developing the sensitivity. Um, it's quite funny because like we are such a goal oriented society. And what I had to learn was, was this kind of sex and this kind of orgasm is very present moment. It's not like a clitoral orgasm where you, you know, like you build to a climax and you can see it, you know, it's like, this is just a deepening and a deepening and a deepening and a relaxing and an opening and a receiving that all is very present moment. The minute you start trying, the minute you start looking for it, the minute you start wanting it, it sort of, it kind of slips out of your grasp. Mm -hmm. You have you have to just keep feeling deeply into the processes going on in your body, opening your heart to complete love. So love has to be like from, in my experience, I don't know. Well, I'm going to say generally there has to be this like openness in the heart because the cervix and the heart are very much connected. Um, so you have to be safe, really safe with your partner or with yourself. You have to be an open state of love. You have to be able to, um, feel deeply and, and be so in tune with your body and the energy running through your body. And this can be training trained. You have to just like, so working with a lot of breath and visualizing this like channel of light moving through your body, um, working. If you have a partner with penis, slowness, steadiness, a long durational time and a lot of patience. So you just like, you just have to allow, trust your body. If you go through this process of healing, of sensitizing and of learning to deeply tune in to what you're feeling, that, uh, that your body will start to open and open and open. We can all experience this because we're all energetic beings at a, at a foundational level. Um, so in self-cervix, we have a three-step process. And the first step is, first of all, connect. So most of the time people are amazed at how they just can't even hold their focus in their pelvis. Mm -hmm. So connect with your pelvis, connect with your cervix, develop a relationship with this part of your body because probably it's mostly surrounded by HPV, cancer, birth, or it's ignored. So start to develop this neural connection. Um, start to um, stimulate your internal world so that you start to bring blood flow there um, and you can do trigger pointing if there's any tension or pain. Um, but you, you want to start to bring your focus away from your clitoris and start to bring your focus internal. Uh, and just note, it might feel a bit boring for a while. Um, sometimes you can include the clitoris to help you associate it with pleasure, but you might end up going for a clitoral orgasm at that point. Um, um, so this, that's the second phase. It's, it's starting to release the tension and the trauma that you hold internally, uh, and also emotionally. So you want to have a clear space. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you want to start to associate it with pleasure. And so you can start uh, stimulating it, bringing it more into a kind of a pleasure practice, opening your heart to love and gratitude and learning how to deeply, deeply relax your vagina. 
and your whole system. So, so connection, healing the trauma, healing the tension, and then learning how to deeply, deeply relax into pleasure. And so how would you go about like relaxing the vagina and relaxing into pleasure? Um, <laughs> so they, people should come and do self-cervix for a start. It's like, it's like, a, it's a process, but I, right. uh-huh. I offer people like tools in which we learn how to sigh through the cervix. So you just want to have like, um, you, you know, you want to set an intention to allow your vaginal mus- muscles to relax and you want to visualize it. So sighing through your anus, signing, sighing through your cervix, we're pulling, we're allowing the energy to drop down into the body. So rather than a lot of tantric practices will be like, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. We don't want to be pulling up actually. We don't want to be drawing up. We want to be allowing the energy to go down. So you're just like imagining and, and, and imagining this deep yawn through the cervix. So you can do that with yourself, with a dildo. I met practice by yourself first and you probably have to practice for weeks, just like helping your helping the muscles relax because most of the time we're holding tension. Even if you have prolapse, there'll be tension in the muscles. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're helping, you're helping this, this downward movement of energy. And then um, at, over weeks, practice with a dildo. And then finally you can practice with a partner who's willing to hold still for you to relax over them. Um, and, then, um, and then the energy will just, will just ricochet back up. So you don't have to do anything. You just have to, this is just a, a process of relaxing, which was so nice for me to realize. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be trying so hard. I don't have to be doing so much. I just have to learn how to relax. And yeah. that is a journey. Yeah, I was going to say that's maybe way harder for people to do than like to have the goal of like saying getting a clitoral orgasm, like totally. relaxing into orgasm is like, is a whole different ball of wax because a lot of women are holding a lot of tension to get that clitoral orgasm. So it's a completely- so that's why we go through this long process. Like one of the journeys is three weeks. One of the journeys is six weeks. One of the journeys is six weeks. It's like a long journey to just get yourself to a place where you can relax. It's a psycho, it's a psychosomatic journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- I remember when you first started your group, I think it was a 21 day challenge or something like that you did yeah Mm -hmm. well then we realized like 21 days first of all isn't enough Mm -hmm. Um, and the second thing we realized was that people can't just jump into the cervix because there's so much trauma like it's so confronting for many people to go inside of themselves they might feel repulsed you know they might feel scared they might feel afraid of what's deep inside of themselves because at a symbolic level you're meeting your deepest self you're going mm-hmm. right into your body, into a place that's unseen and unknown and uncertain. And that bring, brings up a lot for people. So that's why we, we had to slow the whole process down over this, over this long, we do it over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can join any time, but it's like really, it took me just for context for people because I think that people think that it's just going to happen, which is why it makes me laugh with like magazine articles, like just go into doggy style and have sex for a long time in doggy style. You'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, For a bit of context, um, Mm -hmm. it took me, I reckon four years. Like I could see changes over time, but -hmm. it was four years when I had my first sexual experience that was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Now I am, 
now I'm feeling like this is now what's happening. So it was about four years Mm -hmm. and I'm now five years into the journey and I feel pretty, pretty, pretty comfortable with it, with the process. And I can now say that I feel fully awake and I don't think my cervix is not a hundred percent, like not numb. I have some scar tissue that I'm not sure if it will ever uh, completely uh, unnumb. Mm-hmm. I probably could if I had more body work, but what I'm trying to say is you don't, you don't have to be completely done and perfect and healed to have this experience. Like mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's a cyclical experience. We're always going to be dealing with uh, difficult stuff and we're always trying to evolve and feel like this love. And so we, so yeah, it, there's no, exp- you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be really aware and, um, and developing your capacity to feel more and more through the state of relaxation. So once you achieved your first cervical or- orgasm, like has it been easier to have repeat ones, like yeah. have other ones in the future? Yeah. Well, yeah. so funny that you should say that. <laughs> yes and no. Um, because when I had my cervical orgasm, I was, with, I was in a two-month love affair with a beautiful, beautiful, safe partner. And it, it was a two-month thing because he's traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had this very secure container. And so it occurred in this dynamic. And it was just a miracle for me, a total miracle. Mm. Um, and it was amazing what it did for, for me. Um, at the same, And then I met up with him again later in the year. And the space between us wasn't as clear because there was no boundaries around what it was. It was a bit murky. Like we're not in a relationship. We're not going to be lovers. Like what are we? And it was, it was, I was a little more insecure in the connection and I didn't have a cervical orgasm, which is really interesting. If you think about what I said before about neuroception and our, our vagus nerve is scanning for like, like a lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And even though it was still really beautiful and still really deep, so I still had deep, deep orgasmic experiences. I didn't have a cervical orgasm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know why until we ended it about a month later and it all came out that, you know, he was feeling scared about, you know, he didn't want a commitment at that point. And, yeah, so it was all in the space. Right. And, mm-hmm. and um, so um, I'm not sure how to answer that question yet. Work in progress. Maybe that's yeah. my Maybe that's where I'm going next with it. It's like I can tell you that after I did have these experiences, I sort of sat at the top of this mountain going like, oh, my God, that was incredible. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And then afterwards I was like, oh, okay, so now what? Like, okay, so, like, cool. Like, you know, I can die now and what am I going to, you know, it's like what I really got was that this was an incredible marker in my life. Mm -hmm. And what really matters is who I am being and what I am doing day to day and the journey. Like, you know, it's that typical thing. It's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm -hmm. So when everybody's sort of obsessing about this end point, I'm always like, yeah, but actually that's great and amazing. But what are you getting day to day? Who are you being? What pleasure are you having? What, what are you learning? How are you growing? And that's where the satisfaction of life happens. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to just drop that in. Like, you know, it's an amazing, beautiful experience, but we can't be clinging on to the goal or we miss the journey. Yeah, that's really true. And it's all about the journey. You know, you got to stop and smell the roses on the way. You got to stop yeah. and smell the flowers. Like I was honestly prepared, Robin, to never have it. I was like, 
I release it. I let it go. I just, I'm just here in service. I can, I'm going to share and facilitate other people to have this experience. But from knowing what I've learned, I'm going to be the space holder. Nice. And um, people who've had cervical orgasms can do the teaching on that. Mm-hmm. And I can teach them what I know and hold, the, and hold a loving space. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and that's, I'd always come with this humility to this experience. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I just think I was prepared to release it. And I invite everybody to just say, you know, whatever my body is ready to do in this lifetime, may it be so. And I will do my best to love myself and heal and evolve myself uh, to whatever end. And I promise you, something you you cannot do have that attitude and have nothing change yeah right no doubt (laughs) so let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is an amazing way to help you be you. Join host Dr. Deborah Egerton as she helps you to see how exploring the Enneagram helps you understand why you do the things you do. Understanding yourself can strengthen relationships, offer new perspectives, and help you live the life you were intended to live. You'll look at different aspects of your life in a whole new light. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is broadcast live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. So, Olivia, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about self-cervix, cervical orgasms, armoring, or anything else? Yeah, well, I would actually just say that if you're listening to this and you haven't really um, thought about your cervix, um, go there, like see what happens if you try to touch your cervix. And, you know, if you're not familiar with it, it will feel different than the rest of your vagina. It won't necessarily be straight up. You might have to fish around a little bit. It'll feel like the tip of your nose or a little donut raised out, out of the, the tissue of the vagina. So go for go and, and have a feel to feel your cervix. It helps to like come into a squatting position or any position where you shorten your torso. Um, I also recommend if you go to the doctor, um, put the speculum in yourself, ask to see your cervix, 
tell the doctor, like tell the doctor that you're going to tell them when they can enter you. And even if they put the speculum in, this has to be your, you, you say you can enter. So it's not just like, we're, we're not just like having people like enter us without our agreement and, and say, this is super important. So, you know, the thing about this work and going, doing this, it is a real, it's a feminist act claiming this part of the body. It's so medicalized. There's so much, um, there's so much evidence or like memory of, of our journeys, collective historical journeys as women. So, we've been through so much and it all shows up here in the body. And so this is a feminist act, claiming this part of our body, acknowledging it as orgasmic. Most of the medical community do not acknowledge it as orgasmic. And this has to change. So like, like finding it for yourself and then making a stand at the doctor's being really like respectful of your body, listening about when you want to have sex and when it's just really not, it's okay if you, if you're not ready. Um, and um, knowing that the, the, the journey towards cervical orgasm, we're all working with different circumstances, different bodies. The cervical orgasm is going to feel different to different people. Your healing path and journey will be different, longer, shorter. Um, you know, we simply can't compare. We get into this state as women where we compare orgasmic. We, we compare. It's so dangerous. Like we really have to honor what's going on for us and be the authority of our own body. And that's so important for self-cervix is like give the power back to you because goodness knows we've had the power taken from us enough. So my invitation is always for you to listen to what's true for you. Like I'll give you some provocations. I'll give you some exercises and, and, and you got to feel if it's, if it's right for you or what, what is right for your body and allow your body the time it takes to heal and your heart as well. So, you know, remembering that this is, this is a journey of clearing the pathway from the cervix through our guts and what we've got, on, got to process and through our heartbreaks and resentments and, you know, through the things that we can't voice yet or have to learn to voice and up into our intuition and our insight. So it, it's a multidimensional journey. And so it's a beautiful one. And the, the base, the base, the place where you can just begin is to ask yourself the question, what do I know about my cervix? You know, and how do I feel about my cervix? And then go for an adventure and see if you can find it. Yes, you know, and what's interesting is I had an amazing relationship with my cervix in my early 20s. Like, I got a plastic speculum and I was monitoring the changes that my cervix goes through, you know, with my fertility cycle. And so, you know, I was visiting my cervix on a daily basis. And when I got diagnosed with HPV and cervical dysplasia, I definitely had a shift in that relationship. You know, it went from like daily visits to, you know, like, oh, now we, I have, I'm doing this procedure, you know, to heal my cervix. And so, you know, there was definitely like a disconnect and I stopped using the plastic speculum and never really went back to it. And, you know, I know it has a lot to do with like the whole trauma of, you know, like the diagnosis and, and, you know, dealing um, with like the biopsies and that kind of thing. Like I remember, you know, being at the doctor's for the biopsies and the doctor it was a teaching um, clinic and the doctor's like, oh, cervix has no nerves, you know, clearly he has no idea what he's talking about after we just heard from you that there's two, three pairs of nerves going into the cervix. And mm -hmm. when they took the biopsy, I was like, ow, that hurt. <laughs> it's like, 
no it's nerves. Just, <laughs> that. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean the ignorance is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I and I really love that you know that you're suggesting that people ask permission, like practitioners ask permission, but it's also us giving permission for, like, say, a medical medical practitioner to have access to this part of our bodies. You know, like um, I had a procedure done uh, recently. And it was uh, a male doing the procedure and I wasn't expecting a man. And so I was like, oh, I was like, well, I guess you can do it. And then after when I was like at home and I was like, you know, I'm really done with like tolerating men who are not invited into these intimate places in my body, you know, and I was, and so, you know, I basically, I, I called them and let them know, you know, I, I want to work with a, a female practitioner, you know, it's like, I don't want to work with a man. But yeah, I mean, so I think it's really important for women to be empowered to make that choice, you know, be aware that, you know, hey, you can ask your doctor to see your cervix. You can ask to put in the speculum. If they have plastic speculums, you can ask to take it home do it yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah i think it's really all about empowering women and so thank you so much for the work that you're doing i think it's really important thank you very much for having me on yeah can and you tell can, oh go ahead i'm sorry if you want to um, get the pdf on how to start to release some of the tension they can just go to selfservix.com and there's a sign up box and they can get the um the pdf for free okay so, and what is the title of the pdf I think it says make more love to yourself. Oh, sounds good to me. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we'll put that in the show notes for everybody too. So they can just go over to Holistic Sex Ed Radio and we will post in the show notes the link to your website and the information about your free gift. So thank you so much, for, Olivia, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for sharing this information. It's really important. The word gets out and I really appreciate you and that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.